Good morning. Good morning. Praise God. Uh, let's go before the Lord in prayer before we move forward. Um, once again, it's not of how many words I may say this morning. We know that Nineveh converted from its wrongdoing with six words and one letter, with the message that Jonah gave. We ask that God may bless our needs this morning. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We just say thank you. We say thank you because you've woken us up, Father. You've brought us here and you've blessed us in, in such a way that we can worship you. We know you by name. We ask that you search this church, that you look at our needs, Father, that you speak to us according to your will and not our will. You know us and you know as well. We thank you, and I thank you for grace and mercy, and I thank you for this blessed opportunity. In Jesus' name, I pray. Last week, um, as you know, we've been in a series of the IMs, and last week, um, Dan gave us an awesome um, sermon in reference to the light and how important, um, how creation leans towards that light, how the, the flowers leans towards the sun just to receive that, that light that comes from from the sun, but in, in, in the perspective of the S-O-N, that is our nature, we lean to him for growth. Nevertheless, um, I have been asked to speak on, on the I am the door of the sheep in the, in the verses that we, we read in um, the book of John chapter 10. But it's important for me, I, I thought it important for me to go and emphasize a little on chapter 9. As we know that the chapters and the numbers on the Bibles and the, and, and, and the different um, um, notations on top, it's done for us to be a little bit more familiar. But nevertheless, chapter 9 um, and chapter 10 coincide with one another. Um, and, and the disciples were walking in, 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 in chapter 9, and, and Jesus was walking, and there was a, a blind man. And this blind man, um, the disciples asked, who sinned? Did he sin or did his, par his parents sin? Because it was a belief that if you were born with some sort of um, disease or ailment like this blind man that it doesn't um, reveal his name, but what is revealed that Jesus confronts him. The disciples ask him that question, and he answered to them, neither this man sinned or his parents. His condition is for my glory. It's important for us to understand that our conditions, whatever it may be, sometimes we give credit to the enemy and it may be just an opportunity for Jesus to pass on by to show his glory in the midst of your situation. That is the Jesus that we serve. So without any conversation, very um, quickly Jesus went to him and, and, and he did something that was out of the ordinary. Something that was uncommon because Jesus uh, cannot be uh, um, um, actually, he cannot be imitated. So he does things that definitely are supernatural. Um, he got on his knees. He made some spit with some mud. He went down to the creation, to the dirt from where we come from. The Bible tells us from dust to dust. He went to the beginning to show those that were witnessing and that we're eventually going to question who he was, that he is the beginning. 
He went to the made mud and he put it on the eyes of this blind man. And he said, now go wash your face in water. In a particular place, if, I, if I'm correct, it might be Silo. If I'm correct, I may be wrong, but that's um, what comes to mind. There's no conversation, but this man that did not know Jesus was faithful to his word. Now, can you imagine not only being blind and known in a community as a blind man, but now he's being known as a silly blind man. But God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, sometimes allows things that others may ridicule you. But at the end result, you shall come back worshiping and praising him for what he's done in your life. Don't question what he's asked you to do. Do it. And if it's him, if you and I are capable to discern the spirit and knowing the difference between God and and the enemy or God, the spirit, and, and your flesh, when you determine that this is the will of God and you act on it, I will assure you that he will be moved in the midst of your life. So the Pharisees... This man was brought to the Pharisees at this point. They're the, 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 the lawmakers. They're the ones that know the word in and out. You know, the, theologically, sometimes you can dig so deep, but you come up so short. This was another opportunity for them to um, look down on Jesus, to condemn Jesus. But Jesus, being God himself, used that opportunity to glorify himself. The Pharisees um, questioned the man, questioned his parents, just questioned everyone to the point that they even questioned Jesus. But Jesus being God himself, after this man was thrown out of the temple because he would not just give honor to God, they did not want him to give glory and honor to Jesus, so he was thrown out of the synagogue. They questioned him first. He replied, this blind man, when he was asked if this man was God, his response was whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know I was blind, but now I can see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know that God, this is the Pharisees. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, John 9, 29. As for this fellow, as as for this man called Jesus, we don't know even know where he comes from. The Pharisees then replied. To this they replied. Back to him. You were born in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw the blind man out of the temple. Jesus found the man and asked him, do you believe in me? Do you believe in me? And he did. And he fell down and worshiped him. 
with these visitations in our lives. When Jesus does amazing, miraculous things in our lives, it produces worship. It produces a worship that is not necessarily for you and I just to come to church to worship. We find ourselves in the car like crazy people giving them worship. We're in, the, we're in the shower worshiping him. We're walking down the street. We're worshiping him. We're at our desk. We're worshiping him. We're coming out. We're worshiping him. We're coming in. We worship him because he is worthy of all praise. Hallelujah. So they heard the dialogue. Now we go to the 10th chapter of the book of John. We see that there's a contrast between the good shepherd and the false shepherd of Israel. Verses 10, 1 through 6. But nevertheless, what he was trying to do is to save them. To introduce themselves to him. But their, their, their deep knowledge didn't allow them to know that God himself was speaking to them. Their understanding was so profound that they were having a conversation with Jesus, the Son of God, God himself. And their blindness did not allow them to see the King of Kings. Oh, hallelujah. And he goes on to say, I am the door of the sheep. Now, it's important for us to understand that um, in the fields, there was not uh, any portable cabins or no such thing. What they would do is literally would take stones or a cave, and in front of the, the, the entrance, who would lay there would be the sheep. Now, he's telling them something right here. He's trying to teach them from their knowledge things that they did understand because what he first told them, they couldn't comprehend. See, Jesus doesn't come to us once only. He continuously comes to us for us to get a better understanding of who he is and what he wants to do with us in our lives. But we need to listen. because Not all the times he comes with fire and thunder and the earth shaking. Sometimes he comes in a small Whisper. And the purpose of him being at the door entrance, the only entrance, was to protect what was his. He laid down, the shepherd would lay down to protect that which was his. So this is what he told them. And I'll read it again. So then Jesus said to them, John 10, 7 through 10, truly, truly, but if, if you notice, he said, he tells them again. That stands out Again. If the just fall seven times, seven times, he shall lift them up. So if you fall, he'll remind you again and again and again and again so that you can stand up firm on that immovable rock, which is himself, Jesus Christ, our, labor, our, our Savior and our foundation. 
if the shepherd would lay down in front of his sheep. Further on down in the 16th verse and so forth, Jesus says also, Christ laid down his life for us. 15, just as the Father knows me and I know my Father, I lay down my life for my sheep. 17, the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. But it's so important, John 14, 6, to coincide with those verses. No one comes to the Father unless, except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. One entrance, one way. And that way, in order to see Jesus, in order to see the Father, you must go through Jesus Christ. So God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He went to prepare a place in his father's house. He said, I shall return. But I'm going up to pray, prepare a place for you so that you can be with me through eternity. He said he shall return so that those that believe in him shall live with him through eternity. Now, that is the shepherd's job. Now, he lays in front of the doors. And I started to think, wow. There's many doors. There's many doors. There's doors for different purposes. There's big doors. There's little doors. There's huge doors like in prisons and in banks. There's big, gigantic doors, heavy doors. There's doors in our house. There's sliding doors in hospitals, sliding doors in, 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 in hospital and also in malls. There are bathroom doors. There's main house doors. There's bathroom doors, basement doors. Each of you walked in through the door this morning, in and out in your house. And when you surely walked in here, unless you're the Holy Spirit or Jesus himself, you walked in through those doors. Now, years ago, for those young folks that may remember Bob Barker, game show host, that would say, come on down. Let's make a deal. How many remember that? You don't have to admit it if you don't want to. Uh, that just goes back. Oh, oh I didn't know. Um, but there was one part, one game that would, you would be able to go up and you had the opportunity to choose from three doors. One could contain the prize. So you just had to take a chance. But the question is, well, if you chose the wrong door, first of all, you would lose. All you would do is see what could have been yours. Did you get that? There were three doors. If you didn't choose the right door, the correct door, you would only be able to see what could have been yours. And it seems that the door that we're speaking about there's someone that laid his life down for you to walk through that entrance. His name is and will always be Jesus. And obviously, there are doors of opportunity. 
And if you chose the wrong door, he's just to forgive you. Take what you learn from it and grow. Because we all make mistakes. Unfortunately, there are some doors that you can't take back what was lost for our wrong choices. Yet he is good and merciful enough to forgive us and heal us. There's doors of pain. Doors of pain, it makes no sense. These last, within these last six months, two families, two parents happened to walk in through the door. And each of them walked in through a door in their homes to find their loved ones. Dead. Personal friends of ours. But what happens when you walk through doors or open doors that behind it is doors that you wish you never opened, but it was necessary for you to open them because they're in your premises? What happens when things are revealed to you that it, it's, it's difficult to, to maintain your sanity? What do you do? What do you do is go to the door where there is hope. Go to the door where Jesus is. Go to the door where the true opportunity is. Ask, seek, knock. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock at the door and it will be opened to you. Knock. Ask. Seek. Because sometimes there's moments that nothing nor no one can bring um, healing to your body, to your soul, to your mind. And it feels like your life all around you is crumbling and falling down. But nevertheless, the door. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, the door, the true vine, the great I am, the light is present to bring light into your dark moment. As difficult as it may be. John 10.9. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. And will go in and out and find pastors. Psalms. 23, he would go in and out and find pastures when everything seems meek, when everything feels like it's only dirt and nothing to be able to give you spiritual nutrition. He says, I will take you to green pastures. I will be with you to the end of time. I am your sustainer. I am your provider. I am who I am. Hallelujah. Oh, we praise you this morning. Hallelujah. John 10.10, 10, he concludes with, I've come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. 
we carry the great I am to present it to others. On the street corners of North Philadelphia every Saturday, as you well know, there are people, men, women that are men and women that are mothers and fathers and children and aunts and uncles and cousins and brothers and sisters that are ends with that their next few steps might be their last few steps. But we're prayerful that what we bring to them is the door. That that opportunity of prayer may be sufficient. That if and when they close their eyes, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Hallelujah. There is hope. His name is Jesus. And today, he's at the door. Like the father of the prodigal son, he's looking around and waiting for you to come home. If you're far away from him, come running. And I assure you that even before you fall to his feet, I can assure you he already laid out his life. He already fell out for you. He already gave up, hallelujah, for you, his life, so that you and I can have green pastures. Hallelujah. And I'm prayerful on this day that knowing that you're not here by any coincidence, if you hear the small whisper of the Holy Spirit, all he wants you to do is knock. He'll answer, call. He'll respond. The seeking part, you've already done because you're here seeking I pray that if you have not made that decision to be part of his sheep, where there is protection, where there is assurance, if you have not made that decision that today may be the day of salvation, he's calling you by name. And before we leave this place, that you can pull or call any of the pastors or myself, that we will lead you to that door. And there will be celebration in heaven. Hallelujah. For the decision, the greatest and most important decision that you will ever make on this side of the earth to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Let's go before the Lord in prayer, church. Heavenly Father, I just say thank you.